This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. the western United States, the career of the mysterious phantom figure of the plains has been told and retold until the present day. He did more than any other individual to bring law and order to the lawless frontier. With his great horse Silver and his faithful Indian companion Tonto, he roamed the west, fighting crime wherever he found it. And now the thundering hoofs of Silver return us to the days of danger and adventure. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! We must start your own fellow! There's trouble ahead and trouble is waiting for us! As the Lone Ranger and his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, came to the top of a small hill, they heard the distant chant of Indians rising from the valley. Tonto, that's a chant of the Indian god of war. Not, not right. Maybe we take a look in the valley. 
Get the horses back out of sight in case those Indians have scouts out watching. Oh, come to work. Come, my boy. You, you see Indian? Look down there. That's a war dance. Oh, those fellas. Bad Indian. You know who they are? Mean take good look. That means trouble for someone. Trouble for white people. Oh, this bad. Tell me. That leader, Geronimo. The fox. Huh? And those Geronimo's men? Huh? It's going to be even worse than we thought. But who are they planning to attack? There's no white settlement for miles. It two, three-day travel. Perhaps they're planning war on other Indians. No. Geronimo not do that. That's true. Geronimo doesn't want other Indians' lands or crops. He wants white men's gold and guns and liquor. And he wants scalps. He hates white men and... What? And soldiers. Tonto, Geronimo hates the soldiers. Maybe, Tonto, get closer look. How can you get closer without being seen? That dance for all Indian. Him call other Indian to council. Yes. Tonto, Indian. Tonto, could you go to their council and learn the plans? Tonto, try. If you went there, could you get away safely? Me try. We can learn what those savage outlaws are planning. We can warn the people. Ah, Tonto, how do you get home? You'd better run silent and go there bareback like the other Indians. That's right. I'll help you get ready, Kimasabi. Whatever you learn will be of some help. Uh, if you have trouble getting away, send me a signal. I'll be here watching. Any white fellow. Stand in there. there. Now, now saddle off. Good luck to you, Tonto. Get him up, white fellow. Get him up. Savages continued their war chant far into the night. No one noticed Tonto as he joined the other Indians who came from many surrounding hills in answer to the call of Chief Geronimo. When the moon was high overhead, the leader raised his hand. The chants and dancing stopped. Only the throb of the tom-toms continued. Many times... White man drive Indian back. Many times, red brother fight. But war god smile on white man. Thunder gun of white man, better than arrow of Indian. That's why white time man, all time win. Yeah. Red brother, better fortune head. I lead to white man fortune. You get gun like white man. Geronimo, who speak? Me, Tonto, speak. What say? How you get white man gun? You think Geronimo fool? Geronimo called fox. Red fox with plenty cunning. Soldier in fort many times drive red man back. This time, red man go with peace pipe. Ask soldier counsel. Fifty men go Geronimo. Under blanket, knife, tomahawk. Once inside fort, we fight. You, you go as friend with peace pipe? You break oath. Oath? Who you, Tonto, speak of oath? Geronimo want gun of thunder. Geronimo get thunder gun for break. Quit fighting. Inside fort, gates open. Other braves come in. We win great victory. No white man live. All red men win two feather of eagles. We be braver children of thunder god. We win great victory. Much food, drink, much gun, powder. 
themselves into a frenzy, he slipped away unnoticed and joined the masked man. Then, while the shouting and stamping was at its peak, a familiar cry rang out in the night. Miles away at Fort Custer, 123 men answered roll call the next morning. The commander of the garrison, Captain Ruddy, returned to his quarters after the ceremonies of the morning were finished. He turned to his aide and said, Peterson, think we've heard the last of those confounded redskins? I wish I could feel convinced of that. What? Any reason why you can't? Been over six weeks since we repelled them the last time. Yes, sir, I know it. Prior to that, they raided every few days. Took quite a lot to convince them that our guns were mightier than their arrows. True enough, sir. Their arrows were worthless against the stockade. Well, then, what more do you want? <laughs> Declare you're harder to convince than the Indians. Geronimo is their leader, sir. What is that? Well, he's known as the Red Fox, and he's earned a name because of his tricks. I think he's shown us his last trick. The food situation is getting critical. Eh? Our scouts and hunters are coming back practically empty-handed. You think? I think, if you don't mind my saying so... The Geronimo is planning to starve us out. The devil. And the rate the food's coming in, and the rate the supply is decreasing, he's in a fair way to succeed. Peterson, you know Geronimo better than the other soldiers, don't you? I've fought him a long time, sir. Is he smart enough to think of driving all the game from around here? He's smart enough to think of anything. And he's smart enough to want our guns real bad. Suppose we sent a messenger to find him and try to make some terms of peace. He'd agree to anything, but he wouldn't keep his word. No? Not as long as he can benefit by breaking it. Geronimo hates white men. He hates soldiers in particular. And he loves fighting. He's the most treacherous skunk alive. I know, sir. I've seen Geronimo in action at close range. What's the trouble? I don't know, sir. I'll go see. Captain Ruddy, he's bound to see you. A masked man. Bring your commandant. I'll talk to no one else. Hey, Nance. There's the commandant. It's Captain Ruddy. Captain Ruddy, you in command of this garrison? I am. And you're the man I want to speak to. Captain, we've done our best, but him and that engine with him wouldn't stop. Oh, had short orders. Yeah, but you can't shoot a man down like that. Your guards aren't to blame. He just grabbed my gun. That engine grabbed mine. And in they come. What do you want? I'll speak to you alone. Who are you? Remove that mask if you want to speak. I'll speak with the mask on. My identity doesn't matter. I've come with news of Geronimo. That sneak? Capture the man. Remove the mask. Stand away from me. Look at that gun. Did you see him draw? Captain, you want to prevent the loss of every man in your detachment. You listen to me. This Indian is a friend of mine. I don't care for Indians, no matter who they are. What's that got to do with Why, Sato had just come from a meeting of Indians in a valley quite away from here. Geronimo is calling them together. So he's still making plans, huh? I know what his plans are. And I came here to give them to you, Captain Ruddy. You want them? What are they? Come into your quarters. I'll tell them to you there. Sato, you take care of my horse. Come in, then. Peterson, stand at the door and keep your hands on your guns. You men guard the Indian. Watch the two horses. Yes, sir. Thank you, Captain Ruddy. Sit down there. I'd prefer to stand. Very well, stand. Now start talking. I've tried to come to you as a friend. Then remove your mask. Geronimo is planning to attack you with men enough to outnumber you ten to one. Let him. He's tried that before. We've been able to repulse him each time. But this time he's coming forward and leaving his savages a short distance away from the fort. 
He's going to bring only about 50 men with him. And he'll carry a flag of truce. Geronimo! Quiet! Yes, sir. You say Geronimo's coming here with a flag of truce? That's his plan. Not to surrender? No. Or talk terms of peace? No. Then what? He plans to get inside your garrison with 50 men, coming here under the protection of the flag of truce. At his signal, each man will draw a knife from beneath his blanket. They'll attack your soldiers and take them by surprise. What is that? Violating the flag of truce. Yes. While your men are fighting with the 50 savages, the gates will be opened so the entire force of Indians can enter your fort. So that's his plan. Knowing of it, you could, of course, refuse to accept the flag of truce. And merely postpone the fight that's bound to come. Exactly. And stay here until we're starved out. Are you short of food? Yes. We thought Geronimo was planning to starve us out. That might be his next plan if this one fails. Thank you for the information. I'll use my judgment in regard to acting on it. That means you'll do one of two things. You'll acknowledge the flag of truce and let yourself and your garrison be wiped out. Or you'll postpone the end. Geronimo will have other plans. Perhaps uh, you have a suggestion. That's why I came here. And why do you think I'll follow your suggestion? You come here masked. You don't reveal your identity. I have a plan I... which I think will end the war against Geronimo for all time. A plan? Yes. Will you listen to it? I'll listen. I won't agree to accept it, however. Captain Ruddy, you're a hard man to convince. I don't know how long you've been in the West or what messages your scouts have brought to you. I've been in the West for a long time. My scouts bring me news of what happens. Very well. Then look at these bullets. Bullets? Examine them. Hmm. These are not lead. No, they're not lead, Captain Ruddy. Silver? This looks like silver. They're made of silver. Then you... You must be... I begin to understand. Suppose you outline your plan to me. Thank you, Captain Ruddy. Sit down. Sit down there and talk. Peterson. Yes, sir. He was here alone. Alone, sir? I said to leave us here alone. I'm going to listen to the plan of the Lone Ranger. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! The Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. And now to continue the story. The Lone Ranger and Tonto learned a plot by Geronimo and his savage followers to attack a garrison. 
the Lone Ranger went to Captain Ruddy, commander of Fort Custer, and persuaded him to listen to his plans. Our next scene takes us into the garrison, just outside the door of Captain Ruddy's quarters. Peterson, his aide, is there with Tonto. I wonder if there's any trouble in there. The captain and your friend have been talking a long time. Mm. What's the scheme to be, Indian? Tonto, not know. Captain Ruddy's got a bad temper when he's riled up. I wonder if they argue. No. You don't think so, huh? No. Look here, Tonto. Huh? How do you think we could wipe out Geronimo for good? Maybe Captain Dixon. I wish... Uh... Lieutenant. Yes, sir? Pass the word to head the bugler sound assembly. Assembly? Pass the word. Uh, yes, sir. Right away, sir. Pass the word to sound assembly. Have the bugler sound assembly. What about the master? Lieutenant. Yes, sir. I pull it quickly. Have the orderly bring up my horse. Yes, sir. When the men were lined up, there were expressions of surprise and wonder in their faces. Finally, Captain Ruddy spoke. In. We're threatened with starvation if we remain here. If we can drive out the outlaw savages under Geronimo for good, we'll have no further trouble. We're going to make a move that will accomplish one of two things. It will either hasten our finish or make this country secure for all time from the massacres of Geronimo and his followers. I'm not asking you to make a choice. I've already made it for you. We're going to leave the garrison behind us. <laughs> the entire future of Fort Custer in your hands. Thank you, Captain Ruddy. If your plan succeeds, Congress shall hear about it. Peterson. Yes, sir. You'll remain behind. Take orders from the man who wears the mask. But, sir, I... I uh, yes, sir. Very good, sir. Your horse, Captain. Uh, now, my friend, may heaven guide you. Uh, hey! he trusted you. You, the Indian, and me. Three of us. And all of Geronimo's band will be coming here very soon. Mm. He helped close the gate. Heavy. Heavy. There. Hard and set tight. Now, what's orders, sir? Now, Peterson, we have nothing to do but wait until Geronimo arrives with his false flag of truce. I don't think we'll have long to wait. In due time, the Indians rode into view at the top of a rise a short distance away and approached the fort. Two score and ten of them, with blankets draped from their shoulders, reined in their mustangs while Geronimo himself rode a few paces forward 
carrying the flag of truce. Captain! Captain! Your red brother would speak for peace. Answer him, Peterson. You think he sees me? Yes. He's looking right at you. What do you want? It is Geronimo who comes. What do you want? I come talk of peace. Who are those men with you? They come unarmed. You guarantee they don't carry weapons? I give word. Open gate. We come make terms. Shall I tell him to come in? Yes. We'll open the gates. Come in in single file. Leave your horses outside. We obey command. There. I reckon the next few minutes we'll see things happen. Yes. Now to get that gate open. Toto, helping you. Left way. Now we get... That's the line, Toto. Yeah. Just enough for one man at a time to slip through. Uh-huh. I told you what to say, Peterson. Yep, I understand. I'll do my best. I'll keep in the background where they won't see me at first. There they come. Come in in single file, Geronimo. You first. The other's right behind you. We're going to let you in one at a time, understand? I come flag of truce. That's all right. I'll step right inside here. Uh-huh. All right, Toto. Uh-huh. This, this trick. The rest of your men will be admitted just as soon as we look beneath that blanket you're wearing. We come flag of truce. Uh-huh. There. Oh, here. Here, knife. You, you. All right, Geronimo. You violated the flag of truce by coming here armed. We took the right to search you. You let trust We don't trust you at all. All right, Tonto. Let the next man in. You, come. Look beneath this Indian's blanket. I've got him. Oh. Here's a knife. All right, let's in. Get over there beside Geronimo. I'm holding a gun on you. Not a word of warning from you, Geronimo. At the first outcry, you'll die. Now let the rest of the men in one by one. We'll find weapons beneath every one of their blankets. time, the 50 men who accompanied Geronimo were admitted through the narrow opening of the gate and disarmed. The helpless, enraged Indians were herded into a corner of the garrison and held there under the guns of the Lone Ranger and Peterson, the captain's aide. Then the gate was once more closed and barred. Now, Geronimo, we found that your flag of truce was meaningless. What you do? You see, there are no soldiers in the garrison. You've come to fight an enemy that doesn't exist. You know where the soldiers are? This trick. It is a trick. The soldiers are outside waiting for you and all your men to surrender. Geronimo will never surrender to white man. As to that, we shall see. Here, children. Come, white brother. Peterson, you know how to leave the force. Go now and join your company. Yes, sir. But before I go, will you tell me how long it'll be before you join us? Inside of five minutes. You're sure it won't be longer than that? I'm sure. I'll tell the captain. Get, get ready, Tonto. Come ye. Ready. Geronimo, there is no food here. The soldiers are no longer in the fort. They're outside. Geronimo, kill all white men, Portrick. You know that no one can leave the fort while those men are outside to prevent it. When all your men are inside, no one will be able to leave in the face of the army guns. Geronimo got many hundred warriors outside. But those warriors are waiting for your signal to come inside. They not kill them, signal. When that signal is given, they'll storm through the gates on their mustangs. Once in, there'll be only one way for them to leave. And that is by surrendering to the army. Geronimo will never give signal. You'll not need to give the signal. Get the gates open, Tano. Just a little. The brave will open them wide when they come. Gate open. Now, Geronimo, you still refuse to give the signal for your men? Me not give them it. Very well, then. Tato will give it for you. Tato, the signal. The battle cry of Geronimo. Listen. There they come. They can't hear your mother shouts, Geronimo. Here they come into the trap. All right, Tato. Get 
Lone Ranger encounter rode out through the gates of the fort as the savages rushed toward it. The Indians, intent on the massacre and the eagle feathers that would reward them, paid little attention to the two white horses that dashed away. Meanwhile, Peterson joined Captain Ruddy and the cavalry. What do you report? Stand ready, Captain. The first part of the trick worked. What are the masked men? He sent me out the rear gate. Is he safe? I don't know, sir. If he's trapped inside the fort, we'll have to attack. Try to rescue him. But, sir... Stand ready, men. Yes, sir. The Redskins must have discovered the trick for this time. Why don't the masked men show himself? What's happened to him? He must be... There he comes. Must be got away. Look at him riding down here. He's safe. He's away from the Indians. And there's the Indian with him. There's no sign of pursuit yet. Good for him. will be able to get food now and bring it to you. Geronimo and his men are defeated for all time. And by the simple means of giving them what they were ready to fight for. <laughs> I never heard the like of this. Sir, if you'll give me your name, you'll be cited by Congress for what you've done. We owe now. you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media.
fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. Silver and his faithful Indian companion Tonto, the masked rider of the plains, fought crime and criminals throughout the western United States. His name has not come down to us in the written pages of history, but no man did more to bring law and order to the frontier. The cry of Hio Silver was the battle cry of justice. Now return with us down the trail of adventure to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofs of Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! We're opening home, Silver, and the settlers! In the early days of the West, when land was to be had for the asking, farmers came from Ohio, Iowa, and Minnesota, and from the far eastern seaboard to the new country. Government troops guarded the boundary of the territory, waiting for the cannon signal that would start prairie schooners into the newly opened homestead lands. As far as the eye could see, wagons were lined up, ready for the dash in the morning. The folks sang in groups around the campfires. Inside their wagon, Aaron Stewart and his wife Mary are talking. Now, Aaron, don't you worry so about me. I'll be all right as soon as we get settled. Sure you will, honey. It's been a mighty hard trip over land, but it'll be worth it. Tom Granville and me have a place all picked out. We're going to race for it as soon as the cannon fires, and we'll go partners. Aaron, I wouldn't trust Tom Granville too far if I was you. Now, Mary. I know you think it's silly of me, but there's something about Tom Granville that I don't like. And that friend of his that, that he calls Skeets is even worse. You shouldn't say things like that, honey. Tom Granville's been right friendly with me. He's been friendly, but he's never yet done anything that he didn't get the best of. Oh, shucks. Half your sickness is just from worry. Maybe so. I've been expecting to see him try some underhanded scheme ever since we left the East. And he hasn't, so that ought to prove he's on a level. I wish you hadn't told him about the place you located when you rode on ahead to look around. But I had to tell him. Shucks, I was out here long before the wagon started. That's why I went all the way back East again. Tom Granville will do you out of that land, Aaron, if you don't watch your steps. 
Don't say that, Tom. But it's so. He's had a grudge against you ever since I married you instead of him. <laughs> Nonsense, honey. Well, don't you remember how I had to argue with him to get him to come out here with us? That was because you wanted him to stake you to the cash to get here. I know where the best strip of land in the whole country is to be found. I know. Good water, good timber, right at the foot of the hill, and good grazing. It's prime. If you can get it. I'll get it all right. We got the best team of horses, the wagon all set to roll. But and... if someone else gets there first and files papers... They won't. You just wait and see. What if Tom Granville gets there first and decides that he'll claim it for his own? Shucks, there's plenty for two people there. Oh, I sure hope you're right, Aaron. That's all I can see. I hope you're right. Everything's going to be fine. Now, don't you worry, honey. You're just sort of let down from a long, hard trip. Hey there, Aaron. Oh, there. That's Tom now. You just stay right here and try and get some sleep, honey. I'll go see what he wants. Hey, Aaron. You in your wagon? I'm coming. Aaron, I want to talk to you. Sure. What's on your mind? It's about that money I loaned you. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Step over here, Tom. Mary's kind of worried and nervous tonight. Search me. Reckon this is as good a place as any ain't. Now, what about the cash I owe you? Two hundred dollars, I believe. I got your note here. Oh, sure. I reckon you can read it. it. Says it's payable on demand. If you ain't got the cash to pay it, I can levy on your goods. Well, that's what I put in the paper, but you know, Tom. I'm demanding the two hundred now. Yeah, what? If he ain't the cash, I'll take your horses. But you can't do that, Tom. If you take them horses, how'll I get to the land we're going after? I don't know how you'll get there, but I reckon I'll make it all right. Did you tell him about it, Granville? Yes, Keats, I told him. It's Keats, he can't be. I told him we'd take his team instead of the cash if he didn't have the cash. Yep, that's fair enough. You ought to be glad to sell that team of horses for $200. But you can't do that, Granville. I located that land I told you about. It's me that found it. I'm the one that brought you out here. I don't reckon you'll have trouble finding another strip of land for yourself. You're going me out of the land, Granville. You can't get away with it. No? <laughs> I don't know why I can't. You planned this all the time, you mule Remember a few years back, Aaron, when you done me out of the girl I love? I didn't. She chose me instead of you, that's all. It wasn't my fault. Save your wind, Aaron. But Mary's sick. You know she's sick. What'll I do if everyone goes and leaves me stranded here? She's your wife and your worry. Not mine. Oh, look here, Granville. I'll tell you what I'll do. You go ahead and take the land. Take it for yourself. Just leave my horses here. I'll find some other land. You better find some way to head back east where you come from, Aaron. That's the place for you. But I can't even get back there if you don't leave me horses. That's too bad. I reckon them's the horses take down over here on the skeets. Go take them and leave them over next to ours. Yeah, all right. Too bad we gotta do this. But it's all legal. Here's your paper, Aaron. I'm marking it paid in full. <laughs> and now you don't owe me nothing. <laughs> Randall, listen, wait. Skeets, you can't do this. <laughs> Get up there. Get along. <laughs> wait a minute. You can't leave a strand up here. You can't do it. You know Mary's sick. You can't leave a horse When Tom Granville led his horses away, Aaron was desperate. Leaving his own wagon, he went from one family to another, asking, begging, beseeching that they help him. But you've got four horses. You can let me take a couple. Sorry, Aaron. I need all four of mine. Just let me take one. Just one. I can't stay stranded here. You can't do it, partner. Got a heavy load. I'll need all my horses. My wife is sick. Can't do it. We'll be spread out so far we'll never see you again. But I'll give you my word. I'll return the horse. I can't move from here without some sort of horse. Sorry, Aaron. But something with the cannon in the morning is every man for himself. We ain't a wagon train no more. We're all racing against one another to find a place to settle on. 
got to help him. You got to do it for my wife's sake. I tell you, she's sick. My husband died on the way over, Aaron. But we, we got to get horses. Sorry, Aaron. Ain't got none to spare. Clem, you can help me. Let me hitch my wagon on the back of yours. You've got oxen. They can pull two wagons. Sorry, Aaron. Then take my wife on your wagon. Take her with you and leave me here. My wagon's heavy enough as it is, Aaron. Sorry. I've got to have help. Sorry, Aaron. Well, we'll be stranded. I'm sorry, Aaron. Oh, please, sorry, Aaron. Aaron. We got over here. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. Get me, Aaron. you're asleep. It makes it some easier. You won't have to know till morning. Oh, Mary, how can I ever tell you that Tom Granville's double-crossed us? Aaron. Oh, Mary, you're, you're awake. I'm awake, Aaron. I heard what Tom Granville said to you. I suspected something of the sort all along. Mary, what'll we do? He's never got over the happiness we've known since we were married, Aaron. That's why I did it. I, I'm kind of glad he, he did. Glad? I knew all along he'd do something to get even. That's his nature. Now he'll leave us alone. It it might have been worse. But, honey, it couldn't be no worse. In the morning, everyone will be dashing off to the land. Everyone but us. I know. They'll leave us here. We'll be stranded. Oh, Mary, I've brought you all the way out here to let you starve. Oh. Mary, what's the matter? Aaron, look. The back of the wagon. That man, he, he's mad. Please don't be afraid of me. Who are you? You've been trying to borrow horses. Yes. I heard about your trouble. But you're masked. You ain't one of us. No. I'm one of the people of this country, Aaron. Don't lose heart. Let the others go ahead tomorrow. Wait here until they've all gone. Who are you? Keep your hopes up, Aaron. This is a great and glorious country, and there's lots of land for everyone. Let the others go on without you, and keep your courage high. I'll be back. Aaron, who was that man? I next morning, an army bugle sounded a warning call. And pioneers, with their horses hitched, families and luggage safely loaded, whips and reins in hand, awaited the cannon. Hundreds of men leaned forward eagerly, their whips ready to lash their horses into frantic speed at the signal to break new land for homesteading. Then suddenly... Don't give up hope, Ian. Don't give up hope yet. There's nothing to hope for now, Mary. That masked man last night. I don't take much talk in what he said. But I do. There was something about the way he spoke, Aaron. 
And I was right. Look, there he comes. See him? And there's another rider with him. But, but it don't seem possible. It's an engine with him. And they're both riding white horses. Look at them come. I see them, but don't I... Don't give up yet, Aaron. We're still alive. And while we're alive, we can still hold. Oh, 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 We'll hitch our horses to your wagon, Aaron, and pull you into the homestead land. Ronald, harness our horses. Huh? Me too. But it's too late, stranger. No, it isn't. There's land that won't be claimed by anyone. It, it won't be claimed. What do you mean, stranger? That just don't sound like sense. After you're settled there, we'll suggest to Tom Granville that no one knows the secret that land holds. It isn't desirable to look at, and everyone will pass it by except those who know the secret. The, the secret? But what is a secret? You'll find out when you get there. Ready, Tano? Ah. We're taking Aaron and his wife to their new home. <laughs> curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Aaron and his wife Mary were deprived of their horses on the eve of the dash into newly opened homestead lands. Tom Granville planned to claim for his own the land he and Aaron had agreed to hold jointly. After the wagons had left, the Lone Ranger and Tonto hitched their horses to Aaron's wagon and drew it to land that looked undesirable. It was a narrow strip at the foot of a hill. Aaron looked out of his wagon when the stop was finally made and was surprised to see that it joined the hillside land that Granville had claimed. Granville approached the wagon, saying, Oh, you finally got here, eh? With the help of Legion and the mayor's law. Hold on now, Granville. Well, you can take yourself off. I don't aim to settle on your land. Well, what are you doing here? Move on. You ain't claimed this narrow strip at the foot of the hill. There ain't enough room here to do anything with. Nevertheless, Aaron Stewart is going to claim his acreage on the hill. On the hill? <laughs> the only part in the hill that ain't been claimed is too steep to do anything with. It's the only land that ain't been claimed. It's the only land I can get, ain't it? All right. And take the narrow strip where you are, the steep slope above, and see that you stay on your own land. Skeet! Come here. Yes, Tom. What's the trouble? Aaron aims to settle next to us. If he sets foot on my land, shoot him. He'd better keep off on our land. You hear that, Aaron? See if you keep off. You sure turned ornery all of a sudden, Granville. Just how do you figure you can live on that hill? I'm going to dig myself a cave. A cave? <laughs> That's a good one. Better keep the rain off of us. I'll be on my own land. See that you stay there. What's more, when your food runs out, don't come around begging for me. We're going to starve and ask a favor of you, Tom Granville. Come on, Skeets. Let's go and leave these blame fools to dig their cave. Remember what we told you, Aaron. Some things are more valuable than level water land. I will, stranger, and a thousand thanks. Come on, Silver. Fortnight had fallen, Aaron dug a cave in the hillside and made a shelter for himself and his wife. Meanwhile, Granville and his partner Skeets kept close watch on everything Aaron Stewart did. They saw him take a shovel full of earth from various parts of the hill, wash it, and then carefully examine the dirt that remained. Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger and Tonto camped nearby, and each evening Tonto reported Aaron Stewart's progress to the masked rider. Tonto, watch him close. Is Aaron doing what we told him? Uh, him, him do plenty good digging dirt. 
And yeah. washing it and digging more dirt. That's right. Tell me, Tato. Is the man who swindled him washing? Him watch all time. If ever a man deserved justice, it's Aaron Stewart. And if ever a man deserved punishment, it's Tom Granville. Mm. Maybe Aaron Fuller get even. I think tomorrow, Tonto, it'll be a good idea for you to take this dust and go to Granville's land. While I ride for the government office at Pine Ridge. Uh, Tonto, go. You know what you're to do? Tonto, no. I know Mr. Dixon at Pine Ridge, and I think we can count on his help in the situation. I'll deal with him while you go and call on Tom Granville. The next morning, when Granville and Skeet looked toward the foot of the hill, they saw Tonto industriously engaged in washing out dirt that he'd taken from their land. Quickly, the two made their way to him and watched him for a while. Say, you. Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? This here's my land. Maybe you let Indian have dirt, huh? We don't let no one have nothing. Now get out of here. Me not want much. Hold on a minute. What do you want that dirt for, Injun? You own hill yonder, too? No. What do you want to know for? Maybe you get fortune on land. You look, look here in pan. What do you mean? Me wash him dirt. Look what left. You see small specks? Yellow speck? Jumping snake's part. It's gold. Gold? Give me that pan, Indian. No, you give me dirt. I'll see about that. Where did all this come from? Is it all around my land? It washed down from the hill, maybe. From the hill? Washed down? Then they must be... Skeets, I gotta talk to Aaron. You won't be any too glad to see you, Granville. No matter, I'm going now. Wait here and don't let this engine take anything off our land. I'll be back soon enough. You not give Tonto dirt? No! Get out of here! They won't beat it! I'm not gonna stand having you around stealing what's mine. Mary over yonder now, Skeets. I'll be right back. Mary! Hey there! What do you want? Where's Aaron? I gotta talk to him. He ain't here, and I don't want nothing to say to you. Get up and I'll lay. But this is important. I gotta speak to him. Well, you can. I told you, he ain't here. Where'd he go? I don't know. Like to not to the government office. That's where you was heading for. The government office? Yes. In Pine Ridge. On foot? Sure, on foot. We got the only horses we had. In the government office in Pine Ridge, the agent looked up from his desk and saw the lone ranger, his face disguised, framed in the doorway. Good morning, Dixon. You! Great Scott, man, I'm glad to see you. You won't be glad when I tell you what I came for. I'll close the door. You want me to help you out on something? Exactly. And it won't be pleasant for you, Dixon. But what is it? First, I'm going to tie and gag you and put you on the floor behind the counter. <laughs> I guess you know what you're doing. It'll be all right. Here's my hands. I'll make it easy for you. Good. It won't take long. What's up, anyhow? I'd give a lot to know, but I can guess one thing. Yes? You want something here in the office fixed the way it shouldn't be, and you want to save my skin. I'll not tie it so tight it'll hurt. Just loosely. Like this. There. And now my feet. Yes, I'll have to tie your ankles. But what's up? Can't you tell me yet? Not yet. You'll know later on. Now, that'll do the gag. I don't need to. I won't open the trap. Very well. You can say that you were threatened with death if you made a sound. Here comes the man I want to see now. He just stepped from the wagon. On the floor with you. I must take my mask off. I'm down. All right. Just in time. I'm Tom Granville. Yes? You're the government manager. Who else did you expect to find in this office? I was just making sure, mister. Will you make a test of this and tell me if it's really gold? Those tiny specks? Right. There isn't enough here to test. You'll have to have more. Yeah, but what's it look like to you? Tell something that way, can't you? I can't be sure, but it's the same color as gold. That very well be. The only place around here where there would be gold, though, is in the hills. Did this come from a hill? Well, maybe so. Maybe from level land. Are you saying there's gold in the hills? Lots of men have found it there. It comes in pockets. Pockets? What's that? The way they find it is to dig in different places in the hill and wash the sand and gravel until they find pay dirt. 
Then they work to each side until they find dirt that no longer shows a trace of gold. Yeah? Then they dig up the side of the hill in a fan shape to the pocket. They make tests all the time. The pocket may contain thousands of dollars worth of gold in a single bushel of dirt. Gosh almighty. If you found the gold on level land, it's probably near enough to have been washed out of one of those pockets. My gosh, that's just what Aaron was... What? That is a fellow I know worked just that way. How much gold do you say there was in one of these pockets? And have taken out as much as $100,000 in a week's time. Thanks, mister. I'll be back. I'll get more of a sample for you. Granville, what you doing here? Hey, it's none of your business. I can go where I want to without being checked out. Hello, there, Stuart. Back again with more gold? Yep. I reckon I'll hit the pocket in no time now. I got a couple hundred dollars with me in this here sack. He's gone. We'll be waiting outside to speak to you, Aaron. Thank you, stranger. Is, is it all right to carry on as we planned? It's it perfectly ain't... all right, Aaron. When you and he come back in, I'll be gone. Dixon, the man in charge, will take care of you. If it works out like you say it should, I'll never be able to thank you enough. I'm downright glad to see your face without a mask. It isn't my face that you see, Aaron. Tell her help me disguise myself. Here, take this. It looks like money. He's watching through the window. Yes. Now leave you here and whistle as you go. Look as if you had no troubles at all. I'll do just what you say, mister. Hey. Aaron. I want to talk to you. Well? I've been trying to see you. Hard to say, but I'm sorry for the way I've treated you. I'd like to square things. It's a fine time to say that. If we count on you, we'd been dead a long time ago. Yeah, I know it, Aaron. But you don't know what it can do to a man to lose the girl he loves. I've been trying to get up my courage to see you a dozen times. Yeah? I just went local for a while, seeing you two married. Well? I'd give you a pretty bad deal, Aaron. Now I'm willing to give you half the land I've got, if you still go by that partnership thing we agreed on. Half the land you got, huh? You mean the land you swindled me out of? Yeah, I did a pretty mean trick. And I reckon we ain't much more to say. Wait a minute, Aaron. You don't say everything. I'm offering you the land you wanted and surveyed and trade for the land you're on now. We could swap half and half. Nope. I reckon I'll hold on to what I got. If I deal with you, you'll like it's not swindled me again sometime. Besides that, I got plans to get rich off of my claim. But I found gold on mine. See? Here's some specs of it. Did the fellow inside tell you it was gold? Mm, sure it is. But I gotta get some more of it to get it tested. It's sure enough gold. Ever figured that there might be more in my hill? What do you think I laid claim the hill for? Then how would you like to sell some of your land? To you? Sure. That don't appeal to me none. The less I have to do with you, the better I like it. I'll tell you what, though. If you get the idea that you'd like to prospect for gold, I'll deal with you. How? Well, prospecting don't appeal to me much. It's a little hard on Mary. What's your proposition? I like farming, and I want to be able to grow things and live comfortable. If you want to swap land just as it stands... And throw in the house you built and the horses from my hill and the cave I dug. Why? Hey, you mean swap even? I have whatever I find? Yep, that's right. But you're getting the best of it, even so. It's done. It's a deal. You got your papers with you? Yep, I have. You? Sure. Come on in with me and we'll get the government agent to fix it up right now. Mind you, Granville. I ain't making no promises. I don't guarantee you'll get rich on that hill. I'll take that chance. <laughs> Come on inside. afternoon when Aaron finally returned to Mary, and we find him laughing, as Mary says. But Aaron, what happened at the office? I wish you'd seen Granville's face when he learned that the real government man had been tied behind the counter. But he made the deal, eh? Yep, he made it, and then found there wasn't nothing but fool gold in those sacks. And even that didn't come from this hill. I don't know what you mean. Mean, honey? It means we're taking over Granville's claim, and he gets his no-count hill. Oh, Aaron! That ain't all, hon. I got his horses and wagon, too. And if he tries to move us off the land, he'll have the whole U.S. Army after him. And our land is what he's been living on? Sure. 
Well, now we got to vacate this old cave so Skeets and Granville will have a place to live. From now on, this is their property. Aaron, how, how did it ever happen? We have the Lone Ranger to thank for that, Mary. He's got us fixed up in great shape. We've got the best section of land in the whole state, and Tom Granville has the worst. just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high-o silver, the Lone Ranger. 
men gathered around frontier campfires, stories were told of the masked rider of the plains. Astride his great horse, Silver, he fought crime through the length and breadth of seven states. His efforts in the cause of justice were tireless, and although history does not record his deeds, he will always be remembered as the man who did most to bring law and order to the West. Now return with us once more to those thrilling days when the West was young and adventure was found at the end of every trail. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! Trouble threatened in the vicinity of Big Bend when an eastern company, basing its claim on an old land grant, attempted to take over the homes and property of settlers in the disputed territory. As our first scene opens, we see the masked man and his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, approaching town on their way to the stagecoach station. We should be in town by the time the stage gets in from Kenwood, Tonto. Uh, I'm hoping the government representative will be on it. In plenty late. It was a good idea for the government to decide the argument between the settlers and the eastern company. But if they don't learn the decision soon, the settlers may sell out to Randolph. Who, Randolph? He's the agent of the syndicate, Tonto. He's shrewd and not too honest. Oh. He's been trying to buy out the settlers for a tenth of what their property is worth. That's plenty bad thing. He has most of the men convinced the government will decide against them. They're becoming discouraged and willing to sell for what they can get. Uh-huh. Amos Drake is the leader of the landowners. If it weren't for him, most of the land would have been sold to the syndicate already. Why, color from east, huh? Come. I don't know what's delaying him. Word was received by Pony Express that the decision had been made. And a representative was being sent here to announce it. Why them do that? The government doesn't want the decision known until their man arrives. Mm, that's strange. No. Whichever way the decision goes, there's apt to be trouble. It's wise to have a man from Washington here with authority to deal with it. Oh. There's the stagecoach station now, Tonto. Um, there's plenty of color there. Everybody's hoping that the government man will come on today's stage. Ooh, that big color wearing black coat. That's Philip Randolph, the syndicate's man. The name is Drake is standing beside him. Oh. We'll stay behind the station here, Tonto. And not see us here. Go, Silver. Oh, boy. Oh. I'm going to watch Randolph. I doubt that he'll be willing to settle the argument honestly. Uh, all right. There comes the stage now. 
We'll soon know if the man from Washington is on it. Gives you that much more time to try to get folks to sail out for nothing. <laughs> I won't argue with you. There's John Perry, manager of the stage line. Maybe he's got some word what's causing the delay. Howdy, Amos. Howdy, John. I was just wondering if. See, what's making you look so downright sour? Well, Amos, I just learned something today that sort of upset me. It, it ain't about that fellow from Washington, is it? Nope, it's Sam. Huh? What's the matter with Sam? Him and me have been friends since uh, he first took to driving the stage for you. I reckon you'll find out soon enough. Sam, climb down over that stage. I want to talk to you. Sure thing, Mr. Perry. Uh, what's on your mind? I'm going to ask you a kind of funny question, Sam. Yeah? Just tell me where the baggage scales are sitting. But what's Go the... on, tell me. <laughs> Shucks, they're right over there by the door like they always is. Well, they ain't. They was moved around back today. Even lizards, Sam. Are you plumb blind? Why, it's just it, Amos. Sam is blind. Can't be. Mr. Perry's right, Amos. I I reckon there ain't no use me pretending anymore. Well, uh, I'll be doggone. I've been wondering why Sam's wife took to walking down here to meet him lately. But I never know till Joe Lieber told me today. It was because Sam can't see no more. It was Joe that told you, Mr. Perry? Uh-huh. That doggone... Sam, how in Tucky could you fool us like this? Well, I've been losing my sight for near a year, Amos. It ain't been but for the last week or so that I couldn't see at all. But how could you drive the horses? Shucks. Blackie and Nick and the rest of them don't need nobody to drive them. They savvy just as much about their job as I do. But, uh... Guys, I drove them same horses for years. Why, we savvy each other just like they was humans, almost. Ain't that right, Blackie, old fellow, huh? <laughs> you see? I'm sorry, Sam. You've been a good man. But I'll have to let you go. I... I knew it'd have to come, Mr. Perry. It'll take me a day or two to figure what you got coming. Then you can drop back here and I'll pay you off. But, Mr. Perry, ain't there something I can do around the station or the horses? Why, driving the stage has been my whole life. I... I wouldn't want to live away from the business. I'm sorry. Who, uh, who's taking my place? I reckon I'll give Joe Lieber a chance at it. That crook? Oh, that ain't no way to talk. But I... Besides, it was Mr. Randolph that gave him a recommend. Randolph? He's the worst crook in these parts. You shouldn't feel that way, Amos, just because he's working for the syndicate. <laughs> Sam, you can help unhitch the horses right now. But tomorrow, Joe will be driving the stage. All right, Mr. Perry. Hold on, Sam. Yeah? I've been wondering what could have happened to that government fella. You don't figure he could have uh, got sick or something and laying up in Kenwood, do you? Ain't heard nothing like that. Well, I'll be walking back uptown then again. So long. Bye, Amos. All right, fellas. Let me through. I've got to see the horses. Get back out of the way, brother. Let's see him get I wonder if Amos could be right. Steady, Silver. What? What that? It's possible that the man from Washington is ill. That would explain his delay. Oh, it's worth investigating. Come on, Toto. What would he do? We're riding to Ken. Let's see what we can learn. Come on, Silver. Get him up, fine, Toto. The following day, Joe Lieber drove the stage to the town of Kenwood. There he picked up a single passenger, a tall Easterner for the return trip to Big Bend. We see Joe now as he speaks to the guard while guiding the horses over the rough trail to town. 
Well, the fellow we got inside is a government operator, all right, Pete. You sure of that? There yeah, can't be no doubt of it. Randolph told me just what he looked like. How's Randolph find out about it? <laughs> the same way he found out the government decided to get his company. Yeah? The Innocent Eastern Senate is a powerful, smart outfit. They have fellas in Washington spying for them. Uh-huh. What do you think? Hey, just a second. Yeah, this is where we're leaving the trail out. Easy there, you critters. I blast you. Quit trying to stay on the road. Hey, Savvy's doing well. This ain't the way to go. Yeah, I'll teach you. Take back. Get along with you. Get up there. Ah. Oh, show sure. This whole trail ain't been used for a long spell. So we can get through? Yeah, we'll make it all right. Wonder if that government fella's got any notion we ain't taking him to town. Why should he? He's never been this way before. This is mighty risky business. Yeah, Mr. Randolph's pain is good, ain't he? Yeah, but just All we gotta do is keep away from town long enough so Mr. Randolph can buy up that land. Or the servers can find out they want. You think it'll sell? Sure, they will. Most of them don't reckon they stand a chance against the syndicate. Uh-huh. So they'll sell now. Here they won't be able to get enough at all later on. Boss is sure penny spot. Uh, he is there. How much farther we gotta go? Oh, not for just this side of the old bridge up ahead. You wanna stay at the old cabin? Yeah, there ain't no better place to hide out. Nobody ever comes this way no more. Yeah. Then Mr. Randolph will let us know when we can let the government tell go. Then you'll pay us off when we clear out of this part of the country. Ain't Randolph taking big chances? Oh, shucks. There ain't no one to prove he had anything to do with it. What are we going to do with the stage? Yeah, you just leave that to me. Well, there's just one thing I won't stand for. There ain't going to be no killing. You're blamed right there, ain't you? I don't hanker to get my neck in a noose any more than you do. All right, get along there, blast you. It was Randolph found out about Sam going blind, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he told me and I told Mr. Perry. So I got the job driving. Hadn't you better rein up? Yeah. Just as soon as I do, you hop down and cover that fellow with a gun. I'll take care of him. Yeah, this will do all right. Pull up, guy. Pull. Oh, bless you. Pull there, boy. I'll get him all right. Yeah, I'll be right with you. What's the idea of stopping here? Climb out of there, mister. Come on. We got you covered. Get out of where we drill you. Is this a hold-up? Never mind what it is. Ice your hands. You men can be jailed for this. Uh-huh. But we got to be cats first. I'll see. Shut up. Pete, hold them horses a second. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll show you what I had in mind to do with the stage. I still don't have him. You watch. You're playing right, I am. Now just hold them horses. Are you crazy, man? Yeah. I reckon that'll do it. Now hand me the whip, Pete. Right here. Here you are. Yeah, good. Now just get them horses started back for town. Well, just what are you go- get along with you. Get up! Get up there! Go on! Get along with him! Oh, what place did you do that for, Joe? The horses were headed right for Big Ben. Yeah, what good was... <laughs> and when they get there, everybody will figure we was held up and shot. But all the time, we'll be right over there in the cabin. And this fella here is staying right with us. <laughs> In town, the usual crowd of people waiting for the stage was increased when word was spread that the stage was unaccountably late. We see the district manager, John Perry, as he attempts to answer their worried questions. The stage is almost a half an hour late already, John. Figured there could have been an accident. Why, never late when Sam was driving. Can't you tell us what's happened? Quiet, folks. Quiet. How do you figure I know any more about it than the rest of you? But what if the government feller was on the stage today? No one's got any call to be worried. But look here. Joe's a new man on the stage. You can't expect him to do so well right off. <laughs> Amos, you might as well forget about that fellow from Washington. 
It won't matter if he does come. Bless you, Randolph. I've called a meeting for tonight. Everybody who wants to sail while they have the chance will be there. He ain't got no right to do that. There's nothing to stop me. You... There's the stage. Why, golly. The horses are coming in with them sails. There's been trouble. Grab them horses. Stop. I'll get them. Then a holdup. There's bullet holes in the stage. Maybe Joe and Peter killed. I wonder if the government feller was along. I don't know, but something's got to be done. Somebody get the sheriff. We got to figure this thing out. The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Oh, my precious. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as eleven ninety nine per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue our story. An eastern syndicate claimed that an old land grant gave them title to property owned by settlers in the country around Big Bend. The government decided in favor of the settlers and sent a representative to announce the decision in person. But Randolph, the agent of the syndicate, learned of the decision and arranged for the representative to be kidnapped and held while he bought up the settlers' land before they could learn they had won their case. As our second act opens, we see the Lone Ranger and Tonto that same day in their small, well-concealed camp in the hills. Tonto, I saw the stage when it arrived in town. Uh-huh. It was empty, and there were bullet holes in it. Might be that those shots were just fired as a warning to make the stage stop. Maybe that right. But what I can't understand is why outlaws would have held up the stage. Did not have cash. It held nothing of value. But I wonder... What you think? When we were in Kenwood, we saw a man get on the stage who looked like an Easterner. Oh, him from East, all right. And he might have been the man sent here from Washington. Uh-huh. I'm sorry now that we didn't follow the stage when it started back from Big Bend. And I never thought anything would happen to it. Uh-huh. And I was anxious to arrive in town first. Uh, Tonto learned plenty. You have? A fellow named Joe worked for Randolph long time past. Joe Lieber once worked for Randolph? Not right. That's something I never knew before. Joe, plenty bad feller. Him, gunman. And Joe was driving the stage today. Ah. Here, Silver. Uh, what do you do? We're riding to town, Kimosabe. Here, white fella. We've got to find out what's happened to the passenger on the stage. That's right. Randolph has called a meeting of the settlers for tonight. He's in a hurry to buy their land. Hunter know that. Most of them will sell. 
And if the government man isn't found, it may be that they're selling land they could keep. Uh, but I have a plan we'll try. What that? We're going to call on old Sam Lennox. Come on, Get Stuart. Get him Shortly after the masked man and Tonto started for town, Sam Lennox, the blind ex-stage driver, made his way to the office of John Perry, the manager of the stage line. It is early evening as we see Sam enter the office, closing the door behind him. Evening, Sam. Howdy, Mr. Perry. I come for my money. Uh-huh. Here, let me help you to a chair. I don't need no help. Shucks, I know this office like it was the inside of my hand. Yep, I reckon you do with that. Now, uh, about my pay... It's right here. But first, I got some news I'd like to tell you. Yeah? It's right good news for me. Well, now, I'm glad to hear that. But, uh, but maybe things being so tough for you, I shouldn't have mentioned it. You've always been a friend of mine, Mr. Perry, and I don't ever expect to see the day when I'll be sorry for my friend's good fortune. Sam, I just got word I'm going to be made manager of the whole division. That's fine. Of course, it'll mean I'll have to move to Kenwood. Then, uh, then you'll have to give somebody your job here. That's right. Have you got anybody in mind? Oh, I don't know. I was figuring on giving it to Joe Lieber. You was? But now if he's been killed, I'll have to find somebody else. Ain't there been no word yet? Not a blame thing. The sheriff took a posse and rode to Kenwood. But he never seen no sign of outlaws or Joe either. That's a funny thing. All he found out was they had a passenger. And now the passenger's gone too. Well, the sheriff is going out to look for him again tomorrow. Uh, Mr. Perry. Yeah? You... You wouldn't give me that job you were speaking of, would you? Now, Sam, you know as much as I'd like to, it couldn't be done. Maybe I couldn't drive the stage no more, but I wouldn't have to be able to see to do the work here in the office. I'm sorry, Sam. There isn't a chance of it. Well, I I just figured it wouldn't do no harm to ask. Something else will turn up for you, Sam. I reckon. You're going to Randolph's meeting tonight? I don't know. Just I... a minute. A mask man. I want to talk to you, men. You're an outlaw. Get out of here. I'm not an outlaw. Then what do you have time to waste explaining? I can't see you, stranger, but you don't sound to me like an outlaw. What's your game? I want Sam's help. My help? What do you want with a blind fellow? Sam, I've heard that you know this country between here and Kenwood as well as any man in this district. As well? I know it a heap better. Can you think of any places where a man might be hidden safely? I can think of a dozen of them. Some place not too far from the stage trail? I sure can, but what... The you... man that got on the stage today at Kenwood was an Easterner. Now, look here. You're an outlaw, and we don't want no truck with you. I'll let him talk, Mr. Perry. I got a notion he's got something important in mind. And it's possible that the passenger was the man you've been expecting from Washington. By golly, he might have been. I've learned from Tonto that Joe Lieber once worked for Randolph. Who told him that? Say, I'd heard something like that myself. Joe might still be working for him. How do you mean? Randolph seems to be in a big hurry to buy the settler's land. Well, he'd likely get most of it tonight. Perhaps Joe wasn't shot. Perhaps he's holding his passenger a prisoner. How do you know that? I don't know it, but I want to find out. But I... Will you help me? I sure do anything I can. You'll have to drive the stage. Hold on there. Sam can't do that. That's for Sam to say. Mr. Perry, I could have drove that stage for years with my eyes tight closed. I reckon being blind ain't no different. I want you to lead Tom and me to all the good hideouts you know close to the stage trail. I can do just that. With them horses, I could go anywhere. Well, I say you ain't going to do it. Now listen, Mr. Perry. The stage is company property, and I can't take no chances letting a blind fellow wreck it. It's more important for the settlers to save their land. You can't have the stage. Sam, will you take a chance? Will you drive the stage anyhow? You figure we can prove Joe Lieber a crook? I believe we can. Then I'm with you, stranger. Good. I was sure you'd agree. The stage is outside. It ain't. The horses are in the stable. I'll hitch right. up the horses and the stage is ready to go. And so am I. Come on. Hey, wait. I'll have the law on both of you. 
Wait, I say. Come back here. We'll have to risk that, Perry. Sam, come back here. You've gone loco. Maybe I have, Mr. Perry, but I'm sure enjoying it. Get started, Sam. Toto and I will ride with you. You'll pay for this. Get up there, Blackie, old fellow. Get up there, Nicky. Come on, Silver. Although blind, Sam handled the heavy stage without difficulty. There was perfect understanding between him and the horses he drove. And while the masked man and Tonto rode on either side, he raced down the trail to Kenwood. Twice, however, he stopped and pointed out a possible hiding place to the Lone Ranger. But both times they were disappointed. Well, we'll just have to try again, friend. No one has been here. What makes you so sure they can't be far from the trail if they're here? In the first place, the empty stage got into town only 20 minutes late. I hadn't thought of that. And in the second, when they left the stage, they had no horses. They wouldn't have gone far on foot. Then we'll keep on going. How far is the next place you had in mind? It's just a piece up the road. Get up, Howard. Get up. Come on. Get up. Just thinking, they might have gone up the old trail. Yes. Maybe the engine can see the tracks there. Tonto, Tonto, look. What's the matter, Blackie? Nervous. What is it, old fella? Are you trying to tell me something? Doggone, he sure is trying. Me find him track. You did? Go that way. Down the old trail. Maybe this is it. But we haven't a minute to spare. Randall's meeting should be almost ready to start. Get up. Come on, get up. In town, the meeting called by Randolph got underway. The village hall was crowded with settlers more than half convinced that their only chance to save something from their homes was to sell. We see old Amos Drake as he speaks angrily to the syndic's representative. You're a crook, Bill Randolph, and I'd sure give a heap to be able to prove it. Talk all you want to, Amos. I'm getting down to business. This is your meeting. I can't stop you. Quiet, everybody. I have something to say. Men... The company I represent has every reason to believe it will win the government's decision. But we wish to act fairly. The sooner we get possession of the property, the more value it will have for us. In view of that fact, I have been authorized to offer one dollar an acre to all who are willing to sell at once. One dollar you'll give us? It ain't near what the land's worth. It's worth ten dollars an acre. We figured you'd give us more than that. Just one moment. You can hold your land if you wish. But I warn you that you receive not one red penny from us. When the government hands down its decision. Remember. Remember that one dollar an acre is better than nothing at all. This offer won't be made again. So those who wish to sell, step forward. I'll take your names. Don't pay no attention to him, fellas. Hold out till the government fella gets here. You can do it because you've got cash, Amos. We don't need to lose everything we've got. I'll take the dollars so long as I can't get no better. Me too. I'll get what I can. Just step this way. I know what land each of you owns. I have money here. Hold on. Hurry, man. Who's the fellow that paid for doing a show? 
What are you doing here? Me and Petey are going to take the blame all by ourselves. You're under arrest, Randy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, well, they found us. I couldn't help it. You won't do any more talking. He's got a gun. Watch out. Who oh, shot my head? Well, I only hit your gun, Randolph. Hold him. We got the skunk. Listen to me. This is Mr. Bennett, the man you've been expecting from Washington. Then you found him after all. Thanks to Sam here. Sam found him? Sometimes blind men can see more than men with eyes. Well, I'll be blasted. Sam tells me you'll soon need a new manager here. Yeah, that's right. Sam would make the best district manager this town ever had. I'll be darned if I don't think you're right. Mr. Perry, you... You really mean you'll give me a chance at it? That's just what I mean, Sam. I think Mr. Bennett has something to say that will interest all of you. Sam, the government decided that the land rightfully belongs to you. The syndicate's land grant was proved to be a forgery. You all the time, them fellas were cooking. But all you fellas would have lost your land anyhow if it hadn't been for the masked fella and Sam here. Yes, I just helped him. But it was him figuring things out. And having faith in me, that done the trick. Well, the both of you saved our land and fixed it so them polecats would be put in jail. I don't know which one of you did the most of it. And I don't savvy yet how it was done. But we ain't forgetting, no matter what happened. have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high old silver, the Lone Ranger. 
Although his name is not to be found in the written pages of history, the adventures of the masked rider of the plains have come down to us through the generations. With his great horse, Silver, and his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, he fought crime and criminals throughout the western United States. No man did more to bring law and order to a lawless frontier. Now return with us once more to those thrilling days when the West was young. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! We're heading for the hills! Tonto, waiting there! I'll Ike Hanover was well past middle age. His wife had died many years before, and Ike's only relations were a son, Matt, and a nephew, Jim Rockwell. Matt was idle, dissipated, and bad-tempered. And on those occasions when Ike tried to persuade him to mend his ways and pointed out Jim Rockwell as a good example, Matt lost control of his temper completely. As our story opens, we find him arguing with his father. All the time holding Jim up to me like a tin god, I'm sick of it. Hold on there, Matt. I wasn't holding Jim up to you. Just the same thing, ain't it? You're telling me to get out and work the way he's doing. I wouldn't be telling you to. If you'd get something worthwhile to do your own self. I suppose he's doing something worthwhile. Wasting his time digging all over the state, hoping to strike it rich somewhere. Well, even if he don't find no claim worth staking, he ain't sitting around all day smoking and gambling and drinking half the night. Pack of gambling I can do with the cash I get. There's lots of cash for you, Matt. All the cash in the world if you'd get out and hustle for it instead of loafing around. I'm satisfied. And any time you want me to get out of this old shack, you just say so. Son, I don't want you to leave me. You know better than that. You're getting on toward 30 now, and most men your age are... I'll do something. I'll get out where my friends are. I won't clutter up your house no more this evening. Matt. Mind your own business. Matt, don't come home liquored up like you did last night. I'll do what I please. I don't know what I ever done to have my own son. Treat me like what Matt does. He... Hi, Jim. By the shade of the cactus, I'm sure glad to see you, boy. Come in. <laughs> What's the matter with Matt? He wouldn't even say hello. Never mind. Did you just get in town? Just this minute. I come here direct. This is your home, Jim, any time you want it. What are you doing back here so soon? I figured you'd be gone another two or three months anyhow. <laughs> nope. I got news for you. What do you mean, Jim? I found it. You mean gold. I found a claim that's a corker. It's going to be worth thousands. Jim, you don't mean that. You really struck it? Look at this. Just a few samples, but I'll show you what the ore's like. I say there's outcropping right on the surface. I'll bet it's the best strike yet. Gosh, Jim. You sure have got some good samples here. Better than any I've ever seen. Have you got the claim registered yet? Nope. Ain't that risky? No, no, man. You see, I want to go back there and work it a little bit more, and we'll make sure it's just the same under the surface as on the top. Then I'll register it. You're smart, Jim. You sure are. Uh, what's Matt doing these days? Uh, Jimmy ain't worth the powder to blow him up. He ain't, huh? I don't know what to do with him. He's getting into trouble all the time. Drinking and gambling again? Yep. Sleeps till noon every day and then gets back at the cafe again every evening. It's about time he'd done something. I know it, I know. Have you said anything to him yet? I talk myself hoarse. It don't do no good. I offered to start raising cows for him. I told him I'd start farming for him or stake him to a prospecting outfit. He tells me to mind my own business. Ah, good old-fashioned licking would do him a powerful lot of good. I wish to get it. Say, hold on, I have an idea. What's that? I'll take Matt back with me. I'll let him be a partner in my claim. And when he sees a chance to get a half share in a first-class gold mine just for working it... Oh, Jim, 
You couldn't do that. Why not? There ain't no call for you to give Matt half your claim. Oh, shucks, Uncle Ike. If he gives me a hand, we can work it just that much faster, don't you see? There's more than enough gold there for both of us. Well, I don't know. Besides, the trip will do him good. If he'll go. (laughs) I'll fix that, all right. Just let me tell him how rich he can be in a few months, and he'll jump at the chance to go. It took very little persuading to get Matt to join Jim. And in a short time, the two cousins were back in the deserted part of the country where Jim had found the gold. Unknown to them, their arrival was watched by an Indian. We find him now as he reports to his masked friend. The Lone Ranger is saying, You said they just came, Tonto? Hmm. Them come dig gold. This morning? Not right. Them build shack at Bonham Hill. That isn't a very good place to put a shack. Look up at the top of the hill there. Oh, heap big rocks. And the shale on that hill doesn't make very sound support for the rocks. If one of them comes down the hill, it's likely to crash right into that shack they're putting up. That not all. What do you mean, Tonto? One color, him pale. One brown from wind. Yes. Pale color, stay indoors too much. You haven't much use for men like that, have you, Kimasabi? Maybe sometime. Tonto not like this pale color, though. Why is that? Him plenty lazy. I see. You think he'll let the other man do most of the work while he sits around and does nothing? Hmm. Is there gold over where they are? Plenty gold. Tonto no. Many Indian no. White man just find out. Indian leave gold in ground. Too much gold make trouble. I think, Tonto, it'll be a pretty good idea if we stay around here and watch the two men. Ah. In a few days' time, Jim and Matt had their shack built and were ready to start tunneling into the hill. When the last of their equipment had finally been stowed away one evening, Jim puffed contentedly on his pipe while Matt nervously rolled cigarette after cigarette. Ah, I see your place is downright comfortable when the oil lamp's burning and you got your pipe going good, ain't it, Matt? It'll do. Oh, what's the matter? Can't wait to get your hands on a pick and shovel and get after the fortune that's waiting for us, huh? The sooner the better. You'll have your chance, Matt, first thing tomorrow morning. Yeah. We'll have to clear away the loose shale first, then we can tunnel in. Why can't we just blast? Well, maybe we can save time by using some blasting powder, but we've got to do most of the work by hand. We could stake the claim now. That wouldn't be so smart, Matt. You see, we only claim so much land, and if we stake the claim now, there's no telling whether the vein will run off our land or not when we get down to it. I see. We're going about it in a level-headed way. You see that, don't you, Matt? Yeah. Toss me, Matt. Here. Thanks. Seems to me you're smoking a heap of them cigarettes. What's it to you? Nothing at all. Then shut up about my smoking. Say, I hope you ain't been kidding me about this here claim. Kidding you? That's what I said, ain't it? What do you mean, Matt? If this claim don't prove out a blame good one, there'll be a pile of trouble. You've seen the samples yourself, Matt. I know it. But you might have fixed this up with the old man, you know. Just to get me up here away from my friends. And if you did, I'll... I'll... see here, Matt. You won't do nothing. I've had enough of your ornery cussedness, and I don't think I'm going to stand for much more of it. Oh, yay. I've done three quarters of the work on this shack, and maybe more. Well, sure, I did. I had to have a place to live in, and it was easier to do the work myself than to try and get you to help. Besides, I figured maybe you'd get used to work gradually, but I guess I was wrong. Well, what you aiming to do about it? Just this. From now on, you're going to work right along with me digging that tunnel. You're going to get half of what we find. And if you don't do the work, you won't get that half. All right, all right. Shut up now, will you? One thing more. There's to be no liquor. Get that? You've only seen me take one drink since we come here. Yeah, because you couldn't find no more. And you're not going to find any more, understand? I hear you. If you're through preaching now, I'll turn in. Good night. Good night. 
Daybreak the next day found two shovels breaking into the side of the hill as the eager men threw the dirt and shale to one side and started to work on the tunnel itself. For the first hour, the work went smoothly. And then Matt said, Gosh, this digging ain't no cinch. You didn't think it would be, did you? There's nothing worthwhile that's a cinch. You ought to know that, Matt. How much do you reckon this claim will be worth to us? Well, tell him. Maybe not so much. Maybe thousands of dollars. Gosh, I'm going to get what cash I can real quick, and then I'm going to town. You know, Jim, this ain't a bad idea. <laughs> Up to now, I ain't had so much money to spend, thanks to the old man. But now I can show the folks in town some real parties. Not if you don't get back to work. I'll get me a big house and let the old man have his dirty shack after once or <clears throat> He don't want that shack, Matt. Oh, I reckon it'll be right fine for Uncle Ike to be able to stop saving pennies. <laughs> ain't no call for him to change his way of living. <clears throat> no? He don't get none of my claim. What do you mean he don't? I'm working this. Let him find the claim of his own. He's always saying every man should earn his own money. Just like you did, huh? Well, maybe I didn't find this here claim, but... It's half mine, ain't it? I'm working it as much as you are. Mm-hmm. You're working as hard at leaning on that shovel as I am at tossing this dirt and shale aside. I'll grant you that. Are you... But I told you it'd be half yours, and I reckon it'll be that. <laughs> Wish I had a drink. You ain't going there, so you might as well forget it. Good morning. What the... Why, howdy, stranger. Where'd you come from? Over yonder. You're wearing a mask. You're an outlaw. I'm not an outlaw. I don't care what you say. You're wearing a mask and sporting two guns. And I don't want you near our claim. Now get. Hold on, Matt. Uh, what you want, stranger? I wanted to borrow some matches from you. I saw your shack and... We came. ain't got none to spare. Sure we have, Matt. Plenty. Here you are, stranger, and welcome to him. Thanks. You sure you ain't dodging the law, mister? No, I'm not. <laughs> you wouldn't be wearing that mask if you wasn't. Now, see here. You can't come around here and try and jump our claim. Get going before I put a bullet in your hide. Shut up, Matt. This fellow ain't trying to jump no claim. There's lots of room here. You're right, Jim. I don't want any part of your claim. I just thought I'd better warn you that you'll have to be careful of rocks sliding down the hill. You're tunneling in, I see. Yep. We aim the tunnel away and then file our claim at the government office. Better watch out. This is loose shale. If one of the rocks on the hill above should slide down, it might block your entrance here. Thanks, stranger, for the advice. But we ain't taking it. Now get along and mind your own business. And don't try no tricks. I'm going. Here, Silver. Ah. <laughs> hiding your horse around the bend, huh? I wasn't hiding him, Matt. Yep. Good day. Hi-yo, Silver! I'll get that out, <laughs> What'd you knock a gun up for? Because you ain't going to shoot a man in the back. Whatever he is, don't make no difference. What's the idea, anyway? He's an outlaw. We don't know that. Well, blast it. He'll fetch a whole gang of men here to file claims near us. What if he does? That's his privilege, ain't it? We can't claim this whole territory. But we're the only ones that know about this place. Now the news will spread. Let it. But don't shoot at a man when all he does is ask for matches and warn us about the rocks. Got any more to say? Ah, uh, it's no use talking to you. The next time you try a stunt like that, I'll take a hand at it myself with a six-gun. I'll get to this tunnel again and dig. You can't boss me that way, Jim Rock. I'll boss you as long as you keep on showing you ain't capable of bossing yourself. But half of this claim is mine. I, I said, said dig. You, you regret this, Jimmy. Dig! The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. And now to continue the story. Jim Rockwell offered to share his gold claim with his cousin Matt Hanover in an effort to get Matt interested in something besides drink and gambling. The claim had to be worked before it could be registered, and the Lone Ranger, knowing of this, decided to keep an eye on the two men. He warned them about the loose rocks on the hill, and Matt, afraid the ranger might bring others to state claims in the neighborhood, fired at the masked man as he rode off. Jim knocked his gun in the air. We find the Lone Ranger now as he joins his friend Tonto on the other side of the hill. Oh, oh, my oh, boy. oh steady there. Oh, you see, fellas? Yes, I saw them, Tonto. <coughs> steady, Silver. I warned them about the rock, and Jim thanked me for the warning. Me here shot. What that? The other one fired at my back as I rode off. Um, he thought him like that. Him plenty bad fella. Jim grabbed his gun hand. Mm, that good. Tonto, I'm afraid that when Matt gets a sight of the gold that they'll find when their tunnel is a little farther into the hill, he'll want all of it. You think him maybe try and get all gold? Yes. I'm afraid he may attempp to kill Jim. We're going to stay nearby and watch, Kimosabe. Mm, that good. We'll watch and plan. Hard Rock was reached, Jim brought out the blasting powder, and for several days, the sound of drilling carried through the hills with heavy blasts at regular intervals. Finally, when the depth of the tunnel had reached 20 feet, Jim straightened up excitedly. Matt, look at this! Is, is that the gold? The richest vein I've ever seen. Matt, we're all set now. We're, we're rich, Jim, rich. We're both rich. We will be when we get this claim file and the gold, dug. Then we got to get the claim file now. We can't take no chances. That's right. Here, I got it all made out. This is the right word, ain't it? Huh? Say, when did you do this? Uh, I couldn't sleep the other night, so I made the paper out. You were sleeping. It's all right, ain't it? Yeah, looks to be. Oh, well, sign it then. Hmm. You put your name on there first. Well, what of it? One of us has to be first. Reckon it don't make any special difference which one it is. I don't suppose the fact that I found the place first means anything to you. Why should it? I could have found it just as well as you if I'd been here first. All right, Matt, never mind. You're going to sign, ain't you? I reckon. But see here, how'd you know how to make out these papers? I ain't as dumb as you seem to think. <laughs> it ain't so hard to learn to draw a paper up like that. All right. You, you'll sign it? Yep, as soon as I get a pencil. Here's one. Good enough. Now then. A-I-M. There you are. I'll get over to the shack and get ready to head for town and file a claim. You going yourself? Sure, why not? You stay here and watch it to see if no one jumps it. All right, Matt. But let me tell you this. When you get to town, you file a paper and get back here pronto, understand? Sure, sure thing. Don't do no drinking and less talking. Just get back here as fast as you can. I'll start now. You gonna stay in the tunnel here? No use wasting time. I'll stay here and get the next blast ready. All right. Uh, there ain't no more powder here, though. Bring another can of it before you start for town. Get one from back of the shack. You ain't got none in here at all? Marry a bit of it. Then I'll bet some. When Matt reached the house... He looked back to make sure Jim was still in the tunnel. Then reaching behind his bunk, he brought out a bottle, still half full of liquor. One long drink was followed by another. His brain was filled with plans and schemes. <laughs> I thought I didn't know enough to make out a claim. <laughs> he thinks he's the only one able to do anything. Smart, hombre, he is. Too bad I gotta split that gold with him. Don't even want a fella to take a swig of liquor. Well, he can't stop me from drinking. I, I got a right to do what I want. <laughs> Gosh, I sure will spread my stuff when I get rich. <laughs> Look out for the rocks. They might fall and seal the tunnel. Rocks fall? They're like to at that. 
right natural. Too bad I gotta split with him. Fetch some blasting powder back with you, Matt. I ain't got any more. It's all used up. <laughs> he ain't got no more power. That's good liquor. I ain't got no powder left. Jiminy, why should I split with him? There ain't no one that'd ever know what had happened to him. Be perfectly natural for the rocks to fall. Matt sat on the edge of his bunk for some time, thinking, hearing whispers around him, listening to the ideas that seemed like spoken suggestions to his liquor-soaked brain. From time to time, he looked toward the tunnel, making sure that Jim was still at work there. And then... I'll do it. No one will ever know. I'll get even with him for preaching to me. I'll show him all right. One good swig left in the bottle of nap. There. Now, Jim, I'll bring your blasting powder to you. But not the way you'll think. The Lone Ranger and Tonto watched the figure that staggered up the side of the hill with a keg of blasting powder. Matt avoided the tunnel and went up above, where the huge rocks were poised, ready to crash down and seal the entrance. Get drunk. Liquor does things to men, Tonto. Brings out their worst instincts. It make good Indian bad. It make good pale face bad. It make bad pale face killer. Exactly, Tonto. Him fix some powder under rock. Yes. Rock fall over tunnel. We stop now. No, Tonto. Let him go ahead. Watch Matt and see what he does. We stopped him now. Perhaps Jim would forgive him. It would happen again some other time when we weren't around. Oh, that's right. He's lighting the fuse now and running. Yes, Jim. I know. Say it all the strength to move the rock away. More than Jim has. Maybe him blast from inside. He has no powder inside. Jim sealed inside the tunnel, realized what had happened, and knew that without help from the outside, he would soon starve to death within the mine. He shouted. Matt! Matt! Are you there? <laughs> I'm here, Jim. Matt! Them rocks about to slip down from above. Get some powder and break up the one that's sealing me in. <laughs> Matt! Can you hear me? Are you there? I hear you. You bet I hear. Matt! Get powder! Real! I'm doing what you told me. I'm heading to town to file a claim. <laughs> I'm filing a claim for myself, see? You won't need to be cut in for half now. <laughs> it's all mine now. All mine. Matt! You're crazy! Matt! <laughs> so long, Jim. I'll be back in a week. Maybe two, three weeks. I got some spending and drinking to do in town. I'll file a claim first and then I'll celebrate. <laughs> Matt! Matt! Jim shouted until he was exhausted. Then for some time he tried to think, tried to force his mind to action and plan some way of escape. He used his pick on the barrier of rock without any success. And then after almost giving way to despair, the sound of someone digging reached his ears through the darkness. Uh, what's that? Am I going crazy? I, I hear something. Matt! Is that you, Matt? Who is it? Is there someone there? Oh, I'm going mad. I'm hearing things. Steady, Jim. Steady. This way, Jim. Take my hand. Who are you? You ain't mad. You ain't my cousin. No, Jim. Take my hand.
Leading Jim out through an opening in the side of the tunnel, the Lone Ranger paused to let the young man gather his scattered wits. You're a fellow with a mask. Yes. I, I'm safe now. Yes, you're safe, Jim. But how there did you... There were two tunnels on the side of the hill, Jim. While you and Matt worked on yours during the day, we were working on the other one at night. You mean you... The second tunnel was at right angles to yours. When your entrance was blocked, all that I had to do was to break down the wall dividing your tunnel from the one we just came through. Then... But see here, stranger. I gotta get my horse. That ornery double cross and murder will head for the office to file claim to the mine for himself. He's had an hour start on you, Jim. Can you catch him? I don't know. Come on, I've got to get started. He tried to kill me. He done it on purpose. Yes, Jim, he did it on purpose. And look, look, strange. He took both horses with him. Wait, Jim. But now hey, I... Hey, Silver. Come to me, Jim. I'll take you. Yes. Jim, give me your hand. Here it is. But, but who are you? Why are you doing this for me? Steady, Silver. Ain't you afraid to be seen in town? You'll be arrested, won't you? I'll Silver, carrying his double burden, swept toward the town, the ground flying beneath his silver-shod hoofs. Sometime later, we find Matt in the government office, about to register the claim. Well, there's the papers. I reckon they're made out all right. Yeah, they seem to be. Your name Matt Hanover? Yep. You ain't old Ike Hanover's boy, are you? That's right, and I've struck it rich. Seems to me I hear that you and young Jim Rockwell started out together to work on a claim. Ain't he in on this, too? No, he ain't, I... And I feared he won't be in on anything anymore. Well, what do you mean by that? We had some hard luck with the mine, and Jim, he got caught in a cave-in and killed. No, you don't say so. Yeah, I tried to get him out, but when I got the rock away, he, he was dead. He'd smothered to death. That's a shame. He was your cousin, wasn't he? Yeah, sort of busted me up. We was good friends. He, he done a lot for me. What'd you do with him? Bury him? Yeah, I, I thought it'd be best to bury him right there. You done everything you could to save him, huh? Of course I did. Right sure of that? Say, what's the matter with you? Nothing except there's a claim already on file for this here land. What do you mean? You're crazy. There couldn't be no other claim. He means that I got the claim filed. What? And I filled out the claim in your name and mine like we agreed. You just lied yourself in the jail, Matt, and there's witnesses aplenty. I reckon your paw can use your share of the claim. But I ain't yeah, Matt. Looks like what you told me is evidence enough that Jim's story is true. That means you're going to jail. You see, I ain't the government man at all. I happen to be the sheriff. Come on, Silver, old boy. We're on the trail of Pete Lorenzo. Thank <laughs> you.
The story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!